Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Genesis of Startups, where we interview brilliant minds in entrepreneurship to explore what it's really like to start a business. Today, we have Nikki, the founder of MyMuse, a multi-award-winning startup. She has had quite the journey, which has led her to set up a social impact business that bridges the gap between employers and employees going through cancer, a life-altering illness, or a carer journey, providing them with proactive solutions for when this happens in their workforce and how to support the individual as well as the rest of the team or even the company. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thanks so much for having me, William. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and my views? Yeah, sure. So I am a alumni from the University of Sydney. I did my master's there a number of years ago. And I have been originally from the UK, did a degree in physiotherapy and worked as a sports physiotherapist. And after having my own journey and my own story in relation to cancer, I had my partner that was diagnosed with a type of cancer called osteosarcoma. So he found a tumor in his knee at the age of 30. And I was working full-time as well as being his carer full-time as well. Ended up then just having a, well, my employer was not able to support me in the way that I thought an employer should be supporting somebody that was going through being a carer for somebody at such a young age. Looked for resources out there and there wasn't anything. So I did the crazy thing that a lot of entrepreneurs do in this world and um, thought that I'd do something about it and created my muse. So my muse has been established for two and a half years now, and it's growing from strength to strength, loving every part of the journey. And yeah, there's lots of stories to tell, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like an amazing story. So you mentioned aside from cancer, there's also life-altering illnesses and the carer journey. Could you tell us a little bit about what other sort of support you offer? Yeah. So as well as people being diagnosed with cancer, we do understand that People go through other illnesses as well. So things like multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, et cetera. And also being a carer. Sometimes people feel that being a carer is kind of like the silent job. You, you, can't, you, you do it as well as doing your everyday tasks, whether it's you know looking after your kids or having a full-time job or running a company, et cetera. And so we felt that it was important to also show that employee employers need to have that support there for their carers as well. So a carer can be anyone. Um, it can be somebody that is a full-time carer, but it can also be somebody that does caring on the side. So, you know, it could be somebody that takes a person to their hospital appointments, et cetera, and things, you know, delivers meals um, to them every day or helps them bathe every day, something like that. And so it's important that they all get recognized. Definitely. You mentioned that you've been running MyMuse for about two and a half years now. What are some challenges that you've faced since starting this? Because you mentioned you had a background in corporate, was it? Um, yeah. So, gosh, lo- lots of challenges along the way. So I've had a job. I worked in healthcare, so as a physiotherapist, and then moved into a corporate setting. So it was good in the sense that I did have the exposure to two different, two very different areas. Working in corporate is very different to working in a healthcare environment, even if it is for a rugby league sports team. But at the same time, it also meant that there were challenges that I was never taught. I was never taught how and the steps that you need to take at setting up a company in Australia or, you know, anywhere in the world. I was very lucky that I had a lot of 
good advisors around me that were able to talk to me about the implications of forming a non-for-profit compared to a PTY limited company, et cetera, and things like that. So people that had that strength in the finance side of things, because I definitely didn't have that. There were challenges just in terms of, I think when you're starting up a company, you know, some people have the big ambitions of that they're going to have a team behind them and they're going to have all this stuff. But it, when you are starting up a company, you need to realize what you're capable of doing and what your strengths are. Sometimes you don't actually understand what your strengths are until you put yourself in that position. And then understanding where you do get external help. Um, you know, I'm not a design person, so I definitely had to get somebody in to do a lot of designing for me in terms of the company. Same thing with marketing, etc., and things like that. But you do end up just really, yeah, like there were definitely challenges. And I'd say that out of everything, the biggest challenge has been last year, as I'm sure it has been for many companies, whether they're established or new, COVID threw so many things into the mix. It threw so many things into the mix for my muse that weren't even a consideration. There there were things, you know, the, the consideration of not actually being able to travel around Australia and see clients and do workshops was not a consideration that I'd actually had until everything happened last year. And I think that's the thing. Sometimes, you know, you can plan and plan for things that may happen within your business, but there's always that, well, there can be curveballs thrown at you as well. And it's whether you sink or swim during those times. I love that. Um, Adaptability is obviously one of the key things in a startup. How did my muse adapt to last year? It was a lot of consulting with the rest of the people that work, work with my muse. And we really understood at the time, it was very easy for us to change and move all of our courses, et cetera, onto an online platform at the time or to do online workshops, et cetera. And we decided at the time to not actually do that. And there were lots of, you know, positives and negatives to that. But we did feel at the time, and I'm sure, you know, we're in a Sydney lockdown at the moment and spending all that time in front of your computer constantly is a really difficult thing. So to be doing online learning, especially with some of the topics that we cover with my muse can be really, really difficult. And it was definitely some of the conversations that I had with the psychologists that work with my muse and some of the topics that we do cover obviously can bring up emotions for, for people that might be going through the workshops, um, might bring up memories and, and things like that. And so we decided not to do online, but we decided to actually continue on with our consulting side of our business. So we were working with companies individually and we were working with clients that we already worked with. So that adaptability and also just listening to what your clients want. You know, I think that's something that I've always felt that I learned very early on from my when I was working in recruitment is that if you don't listen to what clients want, you're going to get it wrong. So yeah, it's it's definitely a lesson that I've taken with me. And the, the listening component and understanding and questioning why your client focused on a particular type of product, not always specifically tailor making it to every single client, because then you probably wouldn't have a viable, a viable company and a profitable company. But Actually, just being able to listen to them and be able to take components from each of the needs and the requirements of clients and then actually be able to create a product is probably, I'd say, 
a good way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. So Nikki, one of the biggest recommendations that you gave was to be honest with yourself in terms of time and also to really focus and pursue your passion. Could you tell us what this means for you? Yeah, so being focused with your time, it's it's just very easy, especially when you're in the startup world, that you feel that you need to have you know everything covered and be across every single different project and topic about your business but it's really just having that focus you know i found that it's really important to have a like a regular schedule you know when you start and finish work etc i was told very early on by some of my mentors that as much as you read a, you know a lot of those books about the to to have a successful startup you sleep for 3 or 4 hours a, a night you know you need to be working the rest of the time i also know that this it's important to have a, and i do think that that's really important for for me personally i have to have a balance i need to have a balance of work but then also my personal life looking after my own well-being because if i don't look after that then the company is not going to have anybody running it. So I do think that it's important to have a schedule in place and be really good with your time in terms of blocking blocking bits of time out. You know, it's very easy to sit there and just be looking through your emails and replying to emails as they come through, but actually scheduling that you've got one hour in the morning and one hour in the afternoon that you have your emails on and you reply to people and different different tasks like that you know having trello boards i find really really important important for myself and important for the rest of the team at my muse to know what's going on where projects are at things that might be coming up and might be in the pipeline and yeah so i think that those things are really really important and then in respect to following your passion i just think that when you are spending so much time and so much of your focus on your business. It needs to be something that you're passionate about. And I think that even after speaking speaking to numerous people, speaking to people that have, you know, been in the startup world for an, uh, for a number of years, you have things that are your interests and then you have things that are your passion. And they're two very different things. And it's important to actually distinguish the difference between the two. You can feel like you can go down the route of being really interested in something that you're doing. But I am super, super passionate about what my muse stands for and what my muse does and how many lives it's already changed. I I love waking up and seeing an email come through as to the difference that we've made in, in somebody's life. And it's my passion. And so on those days when things might not be going right. We find out that a lockdown's been extended or, you know, a client has declined taking, taking, taking us on. It's when you've got a passion, it means that you still have that drive inside you to keep on going. And you can be going through the toughest times in your life. And I've definitely had my moments over the past year. I lost my mother very, very suddenly and unexpectedly the start of last year. And it was, I feel that if this was an interest, it would have been very easy to have packed it in and walked away and gone to something that was a lot easier to to navigate through while you're going through something so traumatic. But it being a passion just meant that I knew that I needed to step away for a little bit of time just to get my head back into the right headspace. But I came back into it and I still had the same drive and the same passion that I always did. And I would have people around me whether they know me or they don't, 
but they also see that as soon as I start talking about my muse and what my muse is all about, I have a change in my persona. I apparently light up the room. I sparkle. I'm so driven by everything that I'm doing and everything that my muse stands for. And it comes across in, you know, talks that I deliver. It comes across in everything that I do. And I think that's, that's why I'm still going, <laughs> even after, yeah. you know, even during COVID. <laughs> I guess that's a good litmus check. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting. And I think an important distinction that you make between interest and passion, as you, as, as you say, interest seems to be something that can be fleeting and it's not something that stands the test of time. Whereas passion, despite external circumstances, your business, if it's driven by passion, will always be something that interests you and always be something that you want to work on. Yeah, definitely. And as I said, you'll have your up and downs. You know, we we all do. That's part of life. But an interest can just be something that can give you that those split seconds of enjoyment, but then they go away really quickly. You know, I'm sure that anyone that is in the startup world will know that your brain doesn't stop thinking when you, when you have a startup. <laughs> I, you know, I definitely have those moments where I wake up in the middle of the night and I've suddenly come up with a new idea or, you know, whatever it is, or I'm going on to Google to see if a certain domain name's taken. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh dear, what is wrong with me? You know, I don't even want to know how many phone, how many notes are in my phone just when I'm walking and I suddenly just think of something that I need to remember. That's why I do find the Trello boards really, really great for that. And it's just, yeah, it, like, your brain doesn't stop thinking. And I think that's important because it does become a massive part of you when you are a startup. You know, it, I think it becomes part of your blueprint of your personality. And I think for a lot of people, I'm known as Nikki, the founder of my muse. And even when I get introduced into a new circle of friends or um, get introduced to anybody, people will say, this is Nikki. She's got, you know, she owns a company called My Muse and straight away people want to talk about it. So there's no getting away from it. There's no going for a drink at a bar and, you know, escaping it all. It's always there. I feel like sometimes I should just be wearing a T-shirt the whole time telling them <laughs> what My Muse does. But I love it. You know, I'm, there's not one moment that I look back and think that it was the wrong idea or it was the wrong step in my life. And I think, you know, we've had a bit of a conversation before and I, I don't have regrets of the other jobs that I've done and the other paths that I've taken in my life. When, you know, from being a sports physio to working in the corporate environment, I do feel that those were all stepping stones for where I am now. And all those components from those jobs and those careers have helped me to be able to look at different components of my muse and understand the business development side and understand the client side of things and yeah yeah wow. absolutely it, it wasn't wasted experiences or anything like that it was things that shaped who you are and obviously that feeds into my muse definitely yeah it's I think it's important to have different facets to to yourself, you know, it, it's very easy to go through life, do your degree and move into a job or go into a startup. But, you know, I think that's also where it is a consideration that if you are in that position to even look at a co-founder for, for your startup that can bring different components to it. You know, I was lucky enough that I did have some very good advisors around me 
and being able to come from both sides of, you know, being being a carer, but then also having the understanding of the healthcare system, but then also working in corporate has allowed me to merge the two together, which a lot of people don't have that experience and a lot of people don't have that exposure. So yeah, you know, sometimes having that co-founder is is crucial to be able to bring that other side to what you might need to create that startup. On that point, going back to what you said about, you know, being honest with your time, it's, I guess, going into the topic of work-life balance and understanding your limitations as, as what you can achieve realistically in one day, even though most entrepreneurs seem to think that, you know, that that's infinite, right? Oh, you should see my list. Um, <laughs> my list just gets bigger and bigger each day. I know as much as I cross things off it, there's always probably 10 things that get added to it every day. Yeah. And I think it is that thing of looking, you know, and having that big list and having having the list of what you want to achieve, you know, whether it's in a year's time or in two, three, five years time, but then having that list for each day as well and being really honest as to what you can actually achieve, you know, and sometimes I can remember right at the start, I'd be writing stuff down and I'd just be like, yep, you know, this is what I want to achieve by the end of today. And I'd look and I'd be so disappointed by the end of the day because I'd either not even touched it or I'd probably done the smallest component of it ever. But I've really realized now that you've got to break things into small, sizable chunks so they are achievable. And that's, yeah, that's definitely something that I've learned along the way is that even when you have, you know, a task that you need to do, for example, if I need to write a new module for our training, then you know, you can't just put on your list, write a new module. You've actually got to break it down and break it down even in terms of like how much time you need to spend on each bit of, you know, how much research you need to do, how much time you need to spend with a designer, you know, reviews, first draft, second draft, final, all that kind of stuff. You need to break it down that much and be really honest with yourself. And if you start being honest with yourself, then you can also be honest with the rest of your team and you can be honest with your clients. You can realize what is deliverable and what isn't Hmm. Um, because the last thing that you want to do is promise something to a client and then not be able to deliver that is probably one of the worst things that you can can do so yeah Yeah. it's, it's really it's hard though because as I said the list never gets shorter and you know you are always coming up with new ideas and you're coming up with new things that you want to research and things like that and yeah, like I said, you know, I've got the notes in my phone. I normally have a big like poster sheet of paper that I write ideas down on and things like that. And yeah, sometimes you'll have ideas and they'll go nowhere. And then you'll have other moments where, and I do feel that with a lot of things as well, that if I've got something that I'm like, okay, could this work? The best thing for me to do is actually to take some time out and sit down with either one of the consultants from um, my muse or one of my mentors and actually talk through it. Cause sometimes actually getting that, the idea and the message outside of your brain and outside of your mind and speaking it out to somebody else, you then realize that it's probably not viable or, you know, you need to look at it from a different angle, et cetera. So getting that other, other set of eyes can sometimes be really helpful as well. Yep. It's it's very interesting because what I'm hearing you say is that it seems having other people on the journey with you and 
as an offshoot of this self-awareness journey, recognizing where your capacity lies. Having other people is so important to like, you know, discuss ideas, but also supplement what you can or can't do in your startup. Totally. Having other people around is, yeah, is, is one of the biggest things I, you know, I've got a number of mentors that are, that surround me and surround my muse and they all bring different components to 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 the journey you know and i've got some great consultants that work for my muse and and different advisors etc and it is that thing where it is the the crew that you've got around you that is really really important if it wasn't for some of my mentors i definitely wouldn't be where my muse is now at all and it is you know it, it's not something that as much as i'm the founder of my muse i I didn't do it all on my own. Hmm. There have been people in the background definitely helped me along the way. You know, my partner's been a big part of the journey as well in the sense that he's he's definitely been there to, to, to help me through, help me through the moments when I'm just like, oh, my laptop's just crashed and I don't. You need to have, you need to have that pit crew. And one of my mentors is really about that. It's about the people that are in your in your circle she talks all about that there's got to be 12 people in your circle in four different areas and and it is you know I feel that I do that I review that every single year I need those people and I need those people for different reasons I need some of them to be my cheerleader and just be like you're awesome you're <laughs> great this is fantastic and then you've got the people that are more your teachers that are just going but why why are you doing this and you know that being that annoying why situation and everything i feel that my accountant is one of those for sure <laughs> always questions a lot of things i do yeah and th- those people you know, they, they make who i am and they make who my muse is and it's really important to have have those people around you i've also got an amazing community from actually being i'm um, one of the finalists at the genesis program at the University of Sydney, where they, um, you know, I, I've got a bunch of other people that have started other companies up, you know, whatever companies they are, whether they're tech or they, it's a product that delivers food products, etc. It, it's been great to have those other people around as well, because sometimes you all realize that you are all in the same boat and you're just like, oh, this is just, it's tiring, it's draining or you know, whatever it is, especially during lockdown, it can feel really lonely and stuff when you're just hammering away on your laptop and doing things and you haven't got, you know, an office that you're going into, etc. So yeah, it's been really great having other founders of startups to be in my crew as well. Thank you so much for being a guest today on the Genesis of Startups, Nikki. Not a problem, William. It was lovely to talk to you. It was incredibly great having you talk about your experiences running MyMuse. It was raw, inspiring, and real. To our audience, I hope that you found what we talked today about self-awareness, running your own business, and passion incredibly valuable. If you'd like to learn more about the genesis of startups, feel free to drop us a line on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Until next time.